What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We start off the show talking a little bit about CC Ingram's eight-man elite competition, the invite-only competition. I'm sure you guys have been seeing all the invitations plastered all over Instagram, so we talk a little bit about that. We have a terrific interview with Shane Nutt, the deadlift nut. He is one of the best Teenage powerlifters in the world right now, really interesting, insightful conversation we had with him, and I think we're going to hear a lot from him in the future, just because he's a beast competitor and really knowledgeable guy about the sport. We also have our two white lights topic of the week, what's on our strength bucket list, technique tip of the week on deadlift, Bane gives us that one. We have a two white lights question of the week on false steroid accusations, and we finish off the show talking a little bit about two white lights merchandise and the two white lights website. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about Rival Us. Rival Us can make you meet all of your fitness needs, whether it be powerlifting, bodybuilding, strongman, CrossFit, you name it, they can help you with it. I am pretty open about my supplement use on what I use creatine and protein powder that's pretty much it and rivalist has got the hookup if you just use angelo 15 you get 15 percent off any of your purchases angelo 15 15 off i've actually been using a lot of the powder burn recently because i don't feel like waiting in line after work at starbucks or dunkin donuts people are too busy buying their you know frappa mocha vanilla latte bullshit kind of thing and I have Powder Burn 2.0 in my car at all times just in case of emergency. So use promo code ANGELO15 and get any supplement you need and you get 15% off. Just visit rivalus.net. And now here's two white lights. Seventh, happy Memorial Day. It's tough to say Happy Memorial Day, but yes, Memorial remember Day. The, just remember the reason for the season. All yes, people. I appreciate this holiday. I don't know if I love it, but I do appreciate it. Yeah, it's one of those like fine line things of people who never fought in a war or in the military or gave their service. Yeah. No, understand, and then the, when they kind of do know, but at the same time, it's like it's it is. It is become the official beginning of summer. It has, and that that I love, that I enjoy, and and you know, to your point, it's like I I know plenty of folks who didn't make it back, as do you know, plenty of friends and family, and it's uh so so it's it's sobering in that respect too. But uh, do appreciate that we have a day that we can remember those people, and you know, start the summer and, and kind of get things going, knowing that Fourth of July is in a month too, and always fun to celebrate that. Yeah, shout out to the federal government for giving days off for good reasons too. Amen. Uh, you, occasionally, the federal government does something great. Like and it's usually give me a holiday. That I don't have to fucking work on a Monday. But <laughs> it is Memorial Day. We have a really exciting show for you guys. We got an interview with the deadlift nut, Shane Nut. I mean, we have the topic of the week. We do. Created by Bane, Strength Bucket List. What's on our bucket list in the strength world and the strength sports that we do uh, and our listeners as well. So we got a really good topic of the week coming up with that. Got a technique tip. We do. We got a quasi-hybrid Two White Lights question of the week. 
it's probably just going to turn into me ranting, but whatever. I, I feel I will rant as well on this one, but yep, we're it's, all, a, it's a good one. Yeah, we're always good for a rant. But to start off the show, I've been seeing this, Bane has been seeing this on Instagram a whole lot recently. CC Ingram. Yes. Has her own. In a good way. Yeah. Um, it, like kind of like a beam of positivity is coming out of her, which is good to see. Yeah, considering She's everything glowing. going on, uh, pre, you know, in the last two months with her, it's uh, that is great to see. You never want mm-hmm. to see somebody in, in the situation she was in, and so uh, seems like she has kind of made a turn. And yeah, so she has this meet combined with uh, Eight Man. Really yep. exciting. Yeah. So CC Ingram started the Eight Man Elite. Uh, it's going to be a powerlifting competition with a cash prize. Now, yes. With that, I do enjoy seeing powerlifters using their own fame, their own accolades, to create a meet where one other people can come out to and compete, and then put money on the line. Because it's going to be hard for, say, a person like me who's not accomplished a CC Ingram to put on this meet, where CC Ingram's like, you know what, people know me. I have a fucking great total. I'm one of the best of all time. Yep. I'm going to get some of my friends, use my own fame, use my own accolades to have a meet where it's going to be high stakes, big yep. platform, and an interesting concept where the biggest total wins for yeah. different weight divisions. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we talked about this before the show. It's kind of set up similar to Big Dogs where it's just they got heavyweight, lightweight, I think four, four weight divisions, you said, mm-hmm. and then... It's just, it's no longer will, because not like that. Because I know that is the, the big debate, right? What matters more, will or total? Mm-hmm. And in, for this particular meet, they're saying, nah, total, that's it. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah, and Who we have the, the most. Yeah, for sure. And this is, I think it's a good way of doing it. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a certain switch in powerlifting to these types of weight classes. Because if you're going to do a cash prize, and I was explaining to someone um, at a vitamin shop, actually of why everyone isn't paid or a certain amount of people are paid in the sport. I'm like, well, then the, a whole variety of reasons. But if you're going to have a cash prize and a payout and you have every weight class in the world yep. competing, very, very hard to ca- have a cash prize for this. But if yeah, you create like something like – cash prizes. <laughs> yeah, unless you – it's like you can just get your money back for the meet, but, uh, which would be cool. But, uh, yeah, that would be nice. But I, I, I'm thinking if you could get something like the UFC or boxing where you have those specific weight classes but make them a little bit more broad within like a 20-pound range or a 30-pound range where it's uh, like lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, that kind of stuff, and do it based off that where like lightweight is 165 through 181, middleweight is whatever, 198 to 220, and then heavyweight's anything sure. above 220. Then you could have a potential cash prize, and you could do it on either – Biggest total or best will, because you could still do the whole best overall thing within that pound for pound uh, range. But I I, am curious to see if like powerlifting other federations start uh, adopting this due to the possibilities with cash prizes. But I do like the biggest total because we also I was at Surge and we got into this debate recently. Wilkes is showing its flaws recently. It has been for a while, but I think, yeah, with the advent of the IPF points, uh-huh. people are seeing that. Because, like, there, there's the Glossenbrenner, there's a couple other different formulas that people utilize, and but Wilkes was the more widely used. Yeah, and, and it's people, still... To it your was, point... Yeah, and it still makes sense that they have Wilkes. Yeah, but to your point, it's it's definitely, it shows where it favors the lightweights. And 
And so the IVF points are, are showing that, hey, there's a different way to look at this. And so not to say Wilkes is going to die, not to say any of these formulas are going to die. There's always going to be someone trying to figure out how do you measure a 148-pound woman against a 308-pound guy. Yeah, and it's I think it's actually – oh, misogynist is trash-talking tree right now. I think Wilkes heavily favors women. 100% it does. So it's like if, it like if you want to get into the discussion of Wilkes, if it's going to continue – you know, top five Wilkes scores are females, but there's probably a reason for that. Not taking away from these females. They're fucking beasts, and they're strong, and they're one of the best of all time, regardless yeah. of Wilkes in total, because their totals are all-time, too. Well, but, Mar- Mariana uh, out-totaled the best guy ever in, yeah. in that weight category, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, so these these people are beasts, and uh, Amanda Ann is another example where they're like, yeah. oh, how much did she weigh? Like, everyone says that when she squats 560 like, pounds. I'm like, 181 pounds. Same weight as yep. me. Guess who's a better squat? <laughs> Miss Natty, Amanda Ann. I'm like, cause she's, yeah. she's a stud too. But, um, or can I call her a stud? Is that mis- misogynist track talkers? We, we can't be a stud, right? This, we got into this debate yesterday at the Monster Garage. <laughs> yeah, Are you a stud, stud or a stud at? And I'm like, no, if you're, if you're it, you're a stud, period. Like, you're the stud. Okay, well, she's a fucking beast. Uh, yeah, I just I just realized that. I'm like, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense calling her a stud. But I... I, and it does favor females a lot because I know Yuri Belkin has to post a fucking insane total to get the same Wilkes as uh, Mariana and uh, Steffi, which is, is a bit unfair for him because he's got to go away above and beyond what, like, a 120-pound lifter has to do to to even to, like, 165 pounds. So I, I – but, but even even the males in that category, their multiplier is less than the females. Yeah. So, so it, it definitely does favor them. Yeah. I So with IPF points, I think uh, actually King of the Lips had a podcast on this. I might listen to it because I'm not going to sit here and talk about IPF points when I have no fucking idea how the formula is set up. Um, yeah. I'll just be pretty much talking on my ass, which is what I do 95% of the time. But I don't want to make it – the show, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make it 100% of the time where I'm talking out of my ass. But total is, uh, is a way to get rid of that too. Now – Again, the reason why I think there should be a still formula for pound for pound uh, lifters is because I do know 198 pound lifters with a 24 hour weigh ins who walk around around 220 pounds. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I, I I'm still going to be in the same light or middleweight division as you guys, but I don't weigh 220 pounds. You outweigh me by 40 pounds, realistically. Mm-hmm. Like you outweigh me by 40 pounds. So. I guess maybe a pound for pound still in the Wilkes or IPF points within the certain weight classes will help, but total is still good. It's, it, you're you still going to see some badass. The the next category down. Yeah, the, you're still seeing some badass totals from that meet and badass lifters too, because I've been seeing invites yeah. galore on uh, Instagram, and it's monolith too, so you get some stud lifters over there. Too. You bet. Well, Safety first. Unfortunately, there's a tie-in with Gracie V in this competition, too. So, Yeah, and that's about as deep as I'm going to go. I did see, because I'm not blocked by her yet. Um, no, you've been pretty good. Yeah. So I, I, I kept my mouth shut, even though I wanted to, at least online. But I did see uh, Cece Ingram and Mariana are training together. Yeah. And actually and living together until the current U.S. Open to see, under the same coach, what is possible. Yeah. Um, it is, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see a little bit of a bond, uh, growing between yeah. them. Um, it's adorable too. They, they, they are. And 
I'm excited to see what comes out of it because then he also has Steffi is going to be, I assume, coming back for the current in 2020. And given what happened at this year's current, what's she going to do? Yeah, um, she's still working. I have been seeing a lot of videos from her. She's working her ass off still. So yeah, um, well they're they're on vacation right now, but yeah, she's still doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, she just put up three ninety, I think, for ten or yeah. something last some crazy number last night, and she and it was a very such a good it was raw too. It was such a good squat. So she's working her ass off, looking shredded as always. Yeah, uh, I talked to you about this before the show. Gracie B being involved in something, I. I would actually throw it because I am gonna, you know, rant on it a little bit. I know Bane right. doesn't Bane doesn't like talking about Gracie B and giving her too much airtime, but might as well at this point because she can't hear it anyways because I'm blocked. But True. what she did and what she said and what she uh, all of her actions is it enough to get her canceled, as the fucking millennials like to say, canceled from the sport and her position completely? I mean, it, it we're showing that it's not. And I, I don't, I think, I think people can be forgiven. I think people can be, it's like the storm has passed and like what she did, should she be taken out of position? Sure, because she's irresponsible. She shouldn't be, it's like she shouldn't be given that authority if she's going to fuck it up. But to completely ostracize her from the sport, has she done things that are unforgivable? No. No. Is she weird? 100%. Yeah, it's like, will, will I associate with her? No. Uh, do I do I think she's a good person? No, she has a lot of traits that I dislike of a person. Not even from bullying and being a dick. I think she is um, inflates her own ego a lot. I, I think she does everything for herself, not exactly for the lifter. Uh, I think the whole thing is like oh, I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for having cash prize meat, not not you know the lifters. And when criticism goes her way, she like no 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 I'm not I'm not dealing with criticism. I'm not I don't want to hear yeah. I can get better. So. I, it's like it's like a positive vibes only, positive vibes yeah. only. And uh, yeah, she's like a she's like a fart in powerlifting. It's like it's yeah. there. You're gonna have to deal with it, but and it annoys you, and it's it, it makes you uncomfortable. But at the same <laughs> time, you're you're just gonna have to deal with it. It'll go away eventually, right? Yeah, it will dissipate, and and she will, and it'll be a, but but the positive is, you know, to your point, and I try to look at the silver lining of this. She has been forgiven in some circles and obviously yeah. is, you know, slowly making her way. She's not doing a whole lot of stuff publicly other than her stuff with her kid. And I'm not going to talk about that stuff. Yeah. I don't always agree with it. But For sure. as far as powerlifting goes, she is slowly making her way back but doing it, I think, step by step, knowing that at some point she she'll, she will never have the same position she had. No. Um, I, but she will be able to, you know, run meets and do her thing. California at least not going anywhere because they got a good strong strong membership, so she 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 will be here. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think she she can be forgiven what she said and did, and if, I guess she if she was a different person, I would be much quicker to forgive her for sending a dickish email out to someone. But she just had so many opportunities to do that and she refused to. Exactly, if she was a different person, you know. Yeah. Like, cause I, all right, so in powerlifting, I know a lot of people who are quote unquote dicks who I still like and respect. Sure. Or who are just on that verge of being a complete, just, I mean, just an honest, brutal, brutally honest, blunt dick, in lack of a better word. Um, but if they did something like, but if I know them, it's like, they're still a good person. They're just, you know, they're, they're brash and they're blunt and they did something like this. You'd be like, I'll be quicker to forgive that person. But from what I've heard and understood about Gracie and then seeing the fallout from it, eh, 
I mean, I, I guess I, if I don't, if, if, I don't say I don't forgive someone if they're not truly sorry. No, that's very fair. So, um, again, if somebody was true, it's like, yeah, you know, I fucked up. Shouldn't have said that. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Probably. I'll be really quick to forgive someone for that because in this society, we cancel people super quickly now. Like, if they say something mildly racist, make a joke that's a little bit off-color. Oh, he's canceled. Let's never buy his movies or nominate him for an Oscar again. It's like, well, hold on. Let's fucking chill. You don't need to cancel this person from existence. How about make him apologize, see if he's a good person, then, you know, see what happens. Because unless you, you, like, do a heinous, heinous act, say, domestic violence. Yeah, it's like all these horrible things. Like, yeah, let's, let's... ostracize that guy from society or or a girl from society but they just said so a few mean things in the past yeah let's let's hear him out a little bit yeah let let let's show people that you know they've matured and that's not yeah i talked about this yeah i talked about this with ray lewis one uh yesterday yeah because we're me and my friend got into a debate on the cubs and socks again because we always fucking do Mm -hmm. and uh yeah he was talking i was like oh you guys are a piece of shit for letting addison russell play i'm like yeah, but at the same time, sports is filled with people who've done horrible things, and if like they're not convicted for it, like you can't, you have no choice. They're like, oh, you know, uh, people are more responsible. And they're like, what are you talking about? Ray Lewis killed a guy, and no one, two, two people. <laughs> yeah, no one seems to care anymore. Like, uh, well, he's a Hall of Famer. He's on TV every week. His res- uh, yeah, his response was, oh, he's in the Hall of Fame. So I'm like, oh, okay. So if you're just really, really, really good at the sport. You have, like, two free kills. Jordan did basically, like, fake a retirement so people wouldn't know that he got busted for gambling. Yeah. Uh, so if you're really good, you're basically fine is what they're saying. Yeah, you're, you're bulletproof. You're you're bulletproof if you're really good at the sport. So I'm like, yeah, if Addison Russell, I guess, was Derek Jeter, people would overlook the uh, domestic dispute. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, until we get into a massive sports rant, we're going to cut this short. For sure. We got a terrific interview with... The deadlift nut, Shane Nut, the boy wonder. So, without further ado, here he is. And as promised, through FaceTime Live, I got with me Shane Nut, the deadlift nut, the 18-year-old boy wonder, who's world of powerlifting by storm. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Angel? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we made that Facebook or that Instagram post of who our fans, our listeners want to see on the show, and Shane Nutt, the Deadlift Nut, was one of the most requested interviews. So I'm excited to have him on. Um, I'm a little bit my ego's a little bit shook right now because I have like a teenager that's about to out total me and possibly a meet or two. Because what's what's your total at right now? It's over 16, right? Um, I believe it's 7:32 and a half. Okay. Yeah, we got yeah we got you for sixteen fifteen uh, total for your best raw meat. So ridiculous, ridiculous numbers there for eighty two kilos or eighty three kilos. You just competed at USAPL Collegiate Nationals. How did that go? It was uh, dude, that was a that was probably the best meat of my entire life, um, no doubt. So knowing that I was going up against Ben Four, um, so. So the funny thing about that first, I mean, before I get into the meet, so I lifted with, so my girlfriend's Chloe Dublin, and she lives in uh, Indiana, and I knew that Ben Poor lived there, and um, I, I needed a place to lift, so I, I was like, hey, well, Ben and I are pretty cool, so let's uh, let's meet up and get a lift in, um, so actually the night before I left, we met up and uh, we lifted at Indy City Barbell, where he, which, where he trains about 30 minutes away from where Chloe lives, so 
Um, Chloe now trains there as well. Uh-huh. Um, so he was talking, you know, big hype, blah, blah, blah. This is December. <laughs> He's talking big hype blah, 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 like being at 190, I mean, no, my bad, 205. So being in a 93 kilo and, you know, oh, this and that. And all of a sudden he drops down to 83. <laughs> the week before I'm like, I'm like, shit <laughs> you kid you you fucking young guys man with your weight cuts i'm starting to get like because I, I walk around at like 179 so most people in the 83 kilogram weight class uh, even with the same day weigh-ins are cutting some serious weight at least uh five to ten pounds which i've said if i'm like 185 187 i'm going up to 98 i, I don't or 198 so i'm not i'm not a big weight cut guy. oh yeah i'm not a big weight cut guy I mean, I weigh in, my first meet, I weighed in on, like, 174, and the heaviest I weighed is 179. So, mm. I do not, yeah, I do not cut weight. Did you just bump up recently? What's up? Did you just recently bump up? Uh, kinda. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I was a little bit more lean when I first started powerlifting, but since then, I've, I've gained some weight, which is pretty natural when, you know, you're 23 years old, now I'm 26, but it, uh, I'm just, I'm not on that weight cut life. Especially the same day wins, because this is the first time we did the same day weigh-in, and that ain't happening. You young guys are fucking nuts. (laughs) So, um, coming back to my story there, so Ben Ben bumped out on something. I've never in my life competed against someone. Does that make sense? Oh, no, that made total sense. I've been competing for, and, and like I said, it's humbly, it's just like the truth, like... So this was the first experience of me actually going head to head with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so ever since my sophomore year, I won three. So I lived in um, Michigan High School Powerlifting Association. I won three straight, straight back to back state championships. Um, so like in the one sixty, in one sixty one, one eighty three, and I went one ninety eight just to help out the team. I still could have done one eighty. Three, but instead I did the 198. So, mm-hmm. um, with that being said, I again I never competed against anyone. I always go in and I probably just win by my third bench and my opening deadlift, mm-hmm. and um, it's not I had in the bag. So, never really had anyone to push me like that. So, going in there, I knew that um, Ben's numbers were, you know, shadowing mine. They were pretty pretty similar, and I, I took in consideration of watching his weight cut. Because he, he's six foot tall, um, he did a meet in the summer. He, I believe, he squatted. I mean, it wasn't an IPF meet; it wasn't a USAPL meet. So he squatted uh, six fifty, benched three seventy or something like that, and, and deadlifted seven. So mm-hmm. um, going into that, I was like, all right, um, you know, I got to put six twenty squat. I got to put up this much bench, and then I got to put up whatever deadlift. So I knew, like, matching up with him was going to be like I literally had no room to mess up if okay. I wanted win because Ben's going to naturally have that advantage because he's stronger so um I, and yes I knew he's stronger I, if you fucking if you squat 650 in a meet yes you're stronger than me <laughs> <laughs> I mean it doesn't matter if I have a big pull or a decent bench so yeah um cause um actually like um going in my squats were terrible um I don't know I, I do coach myself um not currently but I have been for the past well, one and a half two years and um it squats went very poor. <laughs> um, no pun no, intended. But, yeah, I was about to say, if you plan that, <laughs> congrats. No pun intended. <laughs> um, Ben's squats went very um, poor as well. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and I think he squatted um, 
what did he score six six oh one or something? He squatted like I think it twenty pounds more than me. Um, but I squatted five eighty four and that was I rebroke my American record in the T three <laughs> division. And um that was a ten pound PR from October when I did Raw Nationals and that was that was bad. But Raw Nationals I had a really, really good meet for squats. Okay. Um, it was crazy. I went on the bar, and I was like, yeah, that's going to be PR today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on to bench, I had a, the best bench session of my life. Uh, I benched 353, I believe. My best bench in the gym is 358. Um, I went for the – that was the first time ever in a meet I went three for three on um, my bench. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, my bench, um, I opened up with my um, my last attempt from Raw Nationals. Okay. So um, that's good seven, progress right there. Exactly. So in in bench, I, it was I was stoked to see that mm-hmm. happening, and I knew I was going to have a big bench that day. And then moving on to deadlifts, um, I was trailing. Um, basically, what happened what had to happen. I, I don't exactly remember how many pounds or whatever, but um, I had to pull seven hundred um, before Ben pulled six eighty eight, and I didn't think Ben was going to pull six eighty eight at all because his six uh the way his opener looked i think he had similar opener to me maybe a couple pounds less um i believe that was six six sixty six forty yeah six six fifty maybe <laughs> it's been a little bit i'm sorry but uh but yeah so just trail that's just trailing ben i had to pull seven on my third so that was planned and then um ben went and pulled his opener and then I, I pulled that um after him i had the heavier opener um that was nothing. I went up to 672 or 678, which is not my best comp pull. Um, that was absolutely like, that was probably the easiest pull in the comp I've done over 650. And I knew I had seven in me, so that went for the plan. Ben went and pulled 688, like a grinder, like, like he knew he, if he didn't pull that, he would have lost. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and same thing for me, if I didn't pull 718 after, I had to bump mine up. So okay. again, it was 18, eight, I think so, yeah, that closes up to about 18 pounds to tie, correct? So, so if I pulled that 718 or 717 or whatever it was, I didn't even know what it was, I just knew that my coach put in the numbers for me to tie mm-hmm. and win. So I did, I think I was like a pound or two under, or just a pound or a couple ounces under bed, so, um, obviously I failed that 17, just wasn't there that day, uh, but once again, it was, Regardless of my performance, I think that was that was the most fun and most enjoyable meet I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah, and I sounds... did walk away with some, pro, some a lot of pros and lots of cons. And yeah. going up against um, older people too, I've never lifted outside of my division. Okay. So going up against older, more experienced, um, you know, longtime lifters, and that's that's something to be proud of. Um, to play second, in, you know, in your first collegiate national competition like that. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you're still a young teen, if right. you if that makes any sense. You're still uh you're still growing into the sport, but at the same time, you're kind of a veteran too. Because you've been powerlifting since you were around fifteen, correct? Yep. So it would have been four years in August this 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 coming August. Nice. Yeah, because you're technically more seasoned than I am, and I'm much older than you. So. Um, yeah, so you, you know a thing or two, because even based on the way you speak, you know your way around a competition. It sounds right. like is you, the openers, there's a strategic battle with it along, and that's especially more true considering you have a head-to-head battle going on. Because 
Very similar to you, the meets that I've done, APFWPC, good competition, but it seems like whenever I did my opening deadlift, I would win best overall. Right. Big reason why I went to USAPL is to get challenged from guys, especially in the 83-kilogram uh, weight uh, division. It's it's stacked. So you got, and I'm in the open, so you got, you know, the top guys that everyone knows, but then from 3 to 10, it's still pretty stacked over there. Then I see you and Ben Poor and teenagers starting to come up the ranks too. So you're getting you're gonna get pushed around a lot from eighty three kilos. But that's what bodybuilding I mean, powerlifting needs. Powerlifting needs more head to head kind of friendly rivalries, but rivalries nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh people pushing each other will make the sport better. Now, you're a bit unique due to the fact that you started when you were fifteen years old. Now, fifteen years old what made you want to pick up a barbell? <laughs> I feel like most people, their answer for this, I'm just going to make a meme out of it, would be, uh, you know, the girls. For yeah. me, it wasn't so much. I remember as early as, like, um, shoot. Oh, by the like, way, oh. if you're trying to impress girls by lifting weights, you're it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Just, it never happens. It never Every works out. Every story that I've ever heard, <laughs> they say that, one, the girls are either scared or two, it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's so big. Um, what was that? Oh, yeah. So it was ever since, like, when I was younger, like, I always, like, felt like, you know, like, strength. That sounds so cool, you mm-hmm. know? Like, growing up, like, my dad was a Marine and stuff. So, you know, just, oh, nice. like, just being, like, just, just like, powerful, badass like that. And just mm-hmm. doing all that cool stuff. And, like, I mean, that doesn't have too much to relate, but it's kind of, like, that environment. So, I mean, I didn't I, – I, I, so starting into uh, – Middle school, I did a little bit of soccer. I did a little bit of uh, track and football. So I, I did football from 7th to 8th um, all the way till I graduated, until nice. my injury. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, um, So basically, freshman year, um, I got into the Ionia. So I, I, I um, went to – I graduated from Ionia High School. So I played football out there and um, – that was what really kind of got me into weights. My freshman year is I started lifting, you know, just kind of like the football weights program. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Holes, my coach, um, really kind of noticed something out of me my sophomore year when I was, uh, like, really just, like, just, you know, just kicking ass in the weight program, you know, working my ass off. And I just wanted to be the strongest in that gym. And there's seniors in there, um, you know, there's strong 200 and 15 pound almost you know young men there mm-hmm. um so like i wanted to play varsity i wanted to play college football i wanted to do this and that i want to be a college athlete and like i knew that you know i was i was so i was 140 pounds i didn't know freshman year was 130 pounds you know being 15 years old mm-hmm. and i was probably a foot shorter than i am now so yeah. <laughs> um you know that mindset from the beginning kind of grew and grew and grew until about my sophomore year when I was outlifting, um, I didn't actually start powerlifting until my sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. I kept doing those weights programs with my coach, and um, I didn't actually pick up powerlifting until my sophomore year. Um, my coach, when I started outlifting, like all of the seniors and everyone at the school, and started meeting my goals, and my coach really saw something, you know, just that fire. So yeah. my first meet actually was – so, like, this is how my first meet went. So in my freshman year, the reason why um, 
I sent only three state championships because my freshman year I didn't even really lift at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to, I got to start in powerlifting too in almost a very similar way where it was 15 years old. I played football and we we were like barely allowed in the weight room because we're freshmen and no one like you guys are running really? the litter. No one gives a fuck. It's like yeah. you guys like it's we're, you're not going to do the free weights because the varsity guys have it. So sophomore year is when I started really getting involved in weights and yeah. very similar to you. Yeah, me too. Yep. So freshman year, I went to my first meet. I was 130 pounds. I squatted 285, 295. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 295, I benched 155, and I deadlifted 355. Okay. Um, and that was when I pulled sumo. I actually tore my hamstring that year um, doing that one lip. And then I was like, you know what, screw this. This is going to interfere with my sports. I'm not doing this anymore. All right, my so mom, proof sumo is harder than conventional. You heard your first <laughs> well, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna link a video to this ugly ass sumo form that I did because right off the bottom, like my hips shift, I'm like, pop, my hamstring just oh, like, Jesus. pops off. Yeah, I, I've at my old gym, I actually heard I heard someone tear their hamstring. I heard it from uh, seven feet away. I'm because I hear this like click. And I looked, and then the guy like looks at me, and he's like, yeah, "I just, I just tore my hamstring." He's like, "Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he was, he looked like he just shit himself." Oh, like that's God. that was a look in his face, but yeah, continue. <laughs> that's a good story. It's a good yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so sophomore year, I um, I got into USA powerlifting through my coach. He's like, "Hey, there's nationals for this," you know, after I won my first state championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did 155 um, that competition. I pulled 500, um, 163, squatted 365, benched 255. Okay. And then, yeah, so I got into equipment because that's what he was coaching. He's been coaching for a long time. He got into the national competition. I went to nationals. I was like third or second. Same thing junior year. I lost to Austin Perkins, um, which I'm sure you know, right? Perkins. Sounds familiar. Austin Perkins is 74. He goes to Midland. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, I lost to Perkins my junior year. Stopped doing equipment. Um, my coach goes, you know what? I, I think we should stop playing football or you should do something different in football because, uh, you know, I tore my MCL that year. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So I decided my senior year to stick with the football program. Um, I was a kicker you know, since I played soccer in middle school, so I was a kicker all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. Played varsity in my junior senior year. Stayed and kicked, um, broke my leg, dislocated my ankle Jesus. my sophomore year. Going into Raw Nationals, I was placed to win by like 200 kilos, so I could have gone to Worlds that year. Um, I met up with a kid that won, who was a big fan, which was pretty cool at the time because <laughs> I was like, I was just like devastated, so. It was my one shot um, in a while to go to Worlds because every year before I was either playing football or mm-hmm. another injury and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's just like a, that's a significant thing to me, kind of like something that fuels me growing up because um, all those like little missed opportunities and just kind of being unheard of. It's like, dude, you could have been a world champion. You could have done this. Yeah. You could have records. I set the, I set the sub-junior 83 um, deadlift world record when I was 16 at 163. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So from then, like, what I really noticed, I kind of had something going. Is like I was, you know, post on Instagram my 600 pole or whatever, and like eight man strong would share it on their page, mm-hmm. and 
you know, they made a separate post about me, and I thought that was really cool. I was really into them for a little bit, and um, during my injury, when I broke my leg, um, they just randomly sent me a care package, and I thought that was um, very right. genuine of that company. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Damn. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, I just, you know, that's just kind of like my little story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... I was fortunate enough for my coach to um, know that I was a hard enough worker to come bounce back and be resilient for my injury. And um, my whole senior year, I was a wreck. Um, so all of last year, all of last kind of like school year, I was mm-hmm. a wreck. Didn't start training till April. Um, I was I started training actually again last April. So I did April, May, June, July. I got back into full training, and I did my July meet. And then qualified around nationals, and then we kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm still relatively back into lifting, <laughs> yeah. Again, because I took almost a year off from the injury. So well, that's um, incredible too that you're able to come back from that and post a really good elite total. <laughs> yeah, that'll be. I mean, that's that, that, was, that is good for open our uh, raw nationals yeah, coming up in October. Yeah, that's, well, thank you. Yeah. You would it probably took, get close to that podium position. It took uh, a lot, dude. It mm-hmm. was. It was rough because knowing, like, how bad it was because, like, seeing your ankle on backwards and mm-hmm. then just kind of, like, dude, just, like, how are you, how are you going to do this? So, yeah, just knowing that, like, you have people to prove wrong, you know, you've got things to, you know, you've got the people to be, you've got things that you want to accomplish. Like, you can't, you can't let those little things mm-hmm. like that hold you back. So, by all means necessary, it was just, like, you know, I just got to, just got to keep going so and i guess again i was fortunate fortunate enough to uh, land my scholarship still at midland so um did the fall season fall and spring season there awesome so uh you mentioned midland university what's with that school having like the strongest people ever go there (laughs) it's all behind the coach so coach anderson tim anderson oh what a guy he is a he's a great dude Mm -hmm. um He's got the same fire we do. Obviously, he's a world champion bench presser. Um, he benches over 700 pounds at whatever. I think the weight class is like one, one, he's a 160 or 180. I don't know. Um, but he's he benches again. He benches over 700 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to begin with, you know, he's got that powerlifting background, no doubt. Yeah. Um, he's lifted with some of the greatest lifters. He's seen and he's our coach because he, he, Dude, he knows numbers like crazy. He knows how to coach. Um, he coaches more than half of our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won nationals uh, this year. So, okay. Um, his methods are just basic linear progression. It's kind of what I do right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but there's there's specific things that he throws in there um, over time that he's learned work best because he, he's a big, big guy about questioning, you know, successful lifters, successful programmers, successful coaches. So... Uh, but he basically, when I got in there and asking him about like how, or when he called me, he's like, yeah, I want to build the world's greatest powerlifting team in Nebraska. <laughs> I'm like, I, well, you know, I, I had a, I had an idea. I was like, well, this is definitely going to work because knowing the people that were already there and the people that were going to be recruited in, it's like. This team is unstoppable. The mm-hmm. raw, raw team won by over forty points at or it's like thirty points at this team, at this national competition. Yeah. So we basically had it in the bag by the second day. So yeah, it'd be cool to see more collegiate powerlifting teams kind of try to challenge each other with it because yeah. the team aspect of powerlifting we had a show on it, but the team aspect 
of powerlifting is more of like a community kind of thing. But mm-hmm. if you make an actual team kind of sport, I think the best way to do it is through colleges. Not exactly yeah. after you get to college because at that point it just becomes helping out each other, you know, trying to make each other better, having the best team per se. But in college, there could be a actual platform to compete against one 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 another. Yeah. But and and like you said, like I mean, I mean, leaving that competition, uh, I think it was Zach, um, one of the national team coaches. He was like, he's like, "This is the best. This is the best platform in the history of powerlifting." You know, this is like mm-hmm. this is the biggest in the like it, it grows so much every single year. And that was probably collegiate national was the most exciting um, competition I've been to. Yep. It was the, it was beautifully set up. Um, music was loud. It was just a perfect venue and just, you know, so on and so forth. It was just perfectly ran. So, by John Downing. Uh, John Downing's the coach of uh, Ohio State University. Okay. Nice. Nice. So, you obviously did well enough to qualify for IPF Worlds coming up? Um, so, basically how that works is um, I, I didn't do well enough. Our team did well enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, it's 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 uh, it's called collegiate um, the university cup the world university oh, cup. Oh, okay. It's in Estonia. So since my team won, I think it's the it's like the winner and then the runner up gets to go. So I'm fortunate enough to be on a team that did win and I can get to go. And um, yeah, so that's in Estonia in July. That should be fun. Estonia is gorgeous. So and also traveling. Uh, speaking from experience, traveling to other countries and competing is awesome. It, uh, you meet a lot of cool people, you make good friends, and the competition is a little bit stronger because there is co- sort of a nation pride kind of thing, but at the same time, it's just cool seeing other people from around the world lift. Right, and I've uh, traveled outside of the, uh, out of the U.S., so. Yep. So, yeah, good luck with that. Um, what uh, projected numbers or anything that uh, so you got to progress <laughs> one I max going? This is, yeah, this is the plan here. So I'm, I'm currently under, uh, co- I'm being coached by Kayla Willem right now. Okay. So. Not a bad guy to get trained under, just saying. Right. Probably um, good. So the reason for that being is I want to set the open world record at this, at this comp. So. Okay. <clears throat> Wait, you're not talking about the 750 one, right? No. Oh, okay. Because I want to do that. <laughs> oh, no, oh, sorry, you're talking about the all-time world record. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the IPF Open. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So the thing is with that is I'm taking a token squat. I'm taking a semi-maximal bench because sometimes my bench will fuck up my upper back okay. uh, from squeezing so hard. That makes I sense. take a grinder bench because I do have an arch bench. Actually, it hurts and, my lower back. Oh, for mine, for me, it hurts my um just my mid back and mm-hmm. when I pull that's obviously a very very important part yeah and I noticed my last competition I'd, I had a grinder bench not so my last competition would not be actually collegiate nationals my last competition was I did a I did a UPA meet um a week two weeks after collegiate nationals I did a ghost meet no one still no one knows about it but um was it the UPA one yeah. Yeah, I saw that on Open Power. I was thinking, like, I had no idea that he did that. Oh, really? You just broke some news on Two White Lights. We got an exclusive here that you did a so, UPA meet. Long story short, it was a money meet. I won seven hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! Um, nice. Yeah. So, um, I did first time in wraps. But yeah, where was I? Um, 
IPF Worlds, uh, goal, your token squat, token bench. So token squat, token bench, go to go for go for big for the pool. So the thing is with that is Russell or he and Brett Gibbs are very, very close to that pool. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is with them is they lift before I lift. Okay. <laughs> um, they lift in June, I lift in July, right? Because that's when Worlds is. Um, IPF Worlds. Now the thing is with them, so you take in the variables. One, they're gonna have to take a pretty big weight cut, probably both of them. Two, mm-hmm. as always, they're gonna be going head to head with each other. They're not gonna be number chasing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be going for the win because they're both open. Three, Sean Noriega's not going there. I don't have to worry about it anymore because yeah. Sean probably could have pulled it as well on a good day if he took a little bit lighter of a squat. What, what, um, what's that number? It's seven eighteen. Seven eighteen. Okay. Yeah, and then who else? Oh, uh, Brett Gibbs pulled it in a meet, just shy of it in a meet, um, just recently. But again, he has to compete. So if he doesn't have to go for that pull, he might not. So if he, it's whether going for a seven hundred or six eighty five to win against um, Russell or he, he's going to pull that rather than pull the world record, right? Okay. Most likely, unless he's ballsy. Same thing with Russ. But Russ, specifically, um, in my opinion, he always underperforms on his deadlift because his squat is his lift, right? I don't think it's your opinion that's fact. He does. Under, <laughs> I mean, he does underperform his deadlift because he has hit 720 in the gym quite easily, from and what I've seen. Well. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a he's an animal. So, but in competition, I think either the weight cut and along with the Typical strains of competition, putting in six lifts and, you know, the same day weigh-ins. I think if he was USPA, he would probably deadlift close to what Hack's pulling. With the 24-hour weigh-in, I think he'll be good. So, but I think the weight cut is, that hurts him because, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's ever put seven in comp. Nope, I think his best pull is six, 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 eight or six, ninety, I believe. Yeah. um, One thing I beat him in. The only <laughs> thing I beat him in is the right. <laughs> So we'll see about that. Um, I mean, whether they pull it or not, I'm still going to Estonia, and, and my goal is 720. So no nice, good what, number. No matter what, my goal is 720 at Estonia. Nice. I'm excited to see that. That's actually pretty cool that we have a battle, and you're chasing a number, and you still have a pretty bright future. Um Will we be seeing you at Open Nationals uh, anytime soon next year? Is that your goal? Actually, yeah. What are your goals for just after that IPF World? No mean to look ahead. Don't mean to look ahead, but you're no, gonna no, have no, to regardless. No, no, you gotta look ahead. <laughs> um, so something well thought out for me is um, Ben has moved up to eight, um, 93s, as far as I know, unless he makes like rashes just to come down just randomly if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he will because after his collegiate nationals performance. Uh, ben also compete. He did. We both did pretty bad at that meet. <laughs> okay. Like, not gonna lie. As far as uh, squat and deadlift, um, we both underperformed a lot. Ben um, underperformed a lot more than I did because Ben uh, Ben's gym numbers are a lot higher than I. My okay. Are. Um, and Ben cut a lot of weight for his height. Um, mm-hmm. so he told me I'm never competing 83 ever again. Oh, <laughs> and, and he, like he did that out of utter like disgrace. Like he's like, dude, I've never, never. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, that was a very emotional move for both of us. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah. And so, um, my, moving forward, basically my goals, um, entail 
Okay, this is going to be the showdown of the century, I'm telling you. Raw Nationals is going to be me, Basic Cabney, um, Carson, um, Carson Allen, mm-hmm. possibly Ben. Can't sleep on Antonino Fazio. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. He's the 450-pound bencher in my weight class. At, okay. Um, I, but I beat him. I, I got. I think he got second at Raw Nationals when I, I beat him. He was my competition there. He didn't do so well on squat or deadlift or bench for that sake, but he benches 450 pounds at 19 years old. That's not fair, really. Um, so... I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so don't sleep on that kid because yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably you, look him up after this. I'm telling 450 you, 450 press for 83 is. I'll I'll send it to you. I'm okay. telling you that kid is, he's gonna come up and he's gonna smack some kids because yeah. his squat and deadlift don't suck. They're not the greatest, but they don't suck. But when you have a 450 pound bench and you can hit that in comp, and this kid he's not like, he's not any shorter than me. He's about three inches shorter than me. So, cutting weight for this kid is not a problem. Okay. So, that's, you know, coming up, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him, but again, he's still a threat. Um, he's, and he's a really, really good lifter. He's a good kid, too. Um, so that's gonna be a showdown of the century. I, 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 forgive me if I'm leaving out any other of my fellow 83s that are going there, but I, is, it, is I, that in the open? That is the, uh, or is that juniors? It's gonna be the junior division. Oh, okay. To get the junior world spot. Okay. And I know Mace Academy is going to be gunning for it because he wants to go win in Junior Worlds again. So, yeah. um, that's for next year. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited to see will, that. That will be the ultimate factor whether I stay 83s or not for that Okay. Year. So, if I win and I go to Worlds, I'm going to go 83s to go compete at Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't win, I may or may not stay until... Um, I may not, may or may not stay until 80, stay at 83s until collegiate nationals just to try to get another collegiate nationals, um, you know, top three ranking. And then from there, after, no matter what, after collegiate nationals, at, at that point, if I lost, um, in, at raw nationals, I'm going to move up to 93s. So, okay. That way I can still compete against poor. I can still compete against the world of 93s. And I'll only be, I'll be 20 by next March, so. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were going to stay at 83 kilos um, yeah. for the no, rest I of your career. And... Because my body weight fluctuates. Um, one, I'm six, I'm 5'8". 5'10", um, my bad. Okay. I'm 5'10". Ideally, um, if you look at well-rounded lifters in the 93 class, Ashton Ruska. Ashton Ruska's filling out, and he's an absolute unit animal. Um, he's filling out that weight class right now. He mm-hmm. just competed, I think, in the the weight class up. He competed in the 105s and one. Because mm-hmm. um, you know why not? Why not? You're Ashton Ruska, you might as well. So yeah, um, he he competed at like 205. Yeah, he was 205 body weight competing in the 105 weight class. Yeah, and um, he's. He's, uh, I think he's a little, I think he's like an inch shorter than me, and he's filling out that weight class. So ideally, you want to be, I, I'm going to sit around, you know, the 205 weight class. Okay. Sounds good. Career. So um, that's what I plan. Unless I get some, like, stupid random big bulk, and I just get, like, a big growth spurt, and I just start growing, I will be at 220, but I highly doubt that. <laughs> yeah, at 18, you kind of stop growing so yeah exactly and then you're at a good height right now 5'8 is a good powerlifting height yeah so. no i'm 5'10 <laughs> 5'10 well yeah 
I like five six. Five six is right. working for me. But uh, all right, we got our last question. We're gonna get you out of here. Uh, two white lights topic of the week is what is on your strength bucket list? What is on your strength bucket list as far as competitions you like to compete in? Maybe a number, a total. Uh, you did share uh, quite a few of them, but anything else that uh, by the time you're done with the sport, you want to accomplish? Uh, IPF Open World Championship. That's your big one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, if you win IPF World Championships, there's a good chance you're the best in the world. Um, exactly, and that's and that's that's kind of the pinnacle. You see a lot of you see a lot of so examples like John Hack. Um, you know, he once he won his his World Championship, he just kind of dipped, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, if by dipping you mean totally 1900 at a bunch of meets, then uh, yeah, no, he no, did. Um, no, dipped out of IPF. Oh yeah, IPF. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Well, we know the story that went along with that, but uh, yeah. So like, once you reach a like limit of competition, like if he came back to the IPF. He, now that he's not natty, you just can't tell. Yeah. Whether he would be the best or the goat, but then there's you know there's people like I don't know, dude. It's just I, that's what I want to do. You know, yeah. That's just like my number one goal. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because we we mentioned earlier on the show. For me, it's just to be the best 83 kilogram, according to open powerlifting by total, just yeah. at one point in my career. Like, right. with that, if you win IPF Worlds, it's still like, even if you don't have the highest total that year, it's still kind of like your best in the world because you're at that competition doing all the variables of cutting, uh, traveling to a different country possibly, uh, depending on where it is. So, interesting dynamic between the true best in the world or the IPF world champion, because yeah. I can make an argument that the IPF world champion is the best in the world. Yeah, um, no doubt. I have another one, too, is uh, probably just either to set an all, um, all-time world record deadlift at some weight class. Um, and I'm talking all-time world record deadlift, not IPF. Okay. And so, or have one of the best deadlifts of all time. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. For sure, for sure. All right, man. It was awesome talking to you. If you guys, no problem. Guys, follow at Deadlift Nut. You're going to see some of the most aesthetically pleasing deadlifts of all time. <laughs> uh, conventional, too, so he doesn't cheat. So the, he has the most amount of integrity on the show because me and my co-host, Bane316, both sumo. So thank you again for coming on, and um, hopefully towards Worlds we'll have you on again sometime. All right, perfect. Thank you. All right, man. <sighs> All right, great interview with Shane Nutt. Thank you for coming out. Now, we got our topic of the week. We do, and it didn't go the way I wanted it to. It, it might have backfired. <laughs> it might have backfired. Funny thing about this topic is when Bane suggested it. Uh, one, it was right before Game of Thrones, so I really yep. wasn't focusing on it. But two, he, he, he texted me, how about we have a topic, strength bucket list? And I immediately got turned off because I fucking hate the term and expression bucket list. I don't know what it is, but when people tell me they're bucket list, I immediately just shut off my eyes and go to sleep. Because it's all a bunch of obvious things we want to do before we die. Like, you don't need to tell me that you want to visit the Sistine's Chapel. Everyone wants to visit the Sistine's Chapel before they die. Everyone wants to go to Paris before they die. Everyone wants to go see fucking the World Series before they die. <laughs> like, no, all right, I know you don't, but if you were given the oppor- opportunity, you would go. Somebody has me tickets. I'm yeah, gonna you're be probably gonna, gonna go. Tomorrow. It's like if somebody's like, "Hey, you want to go to Paris this weekend?" I don't really like 
France or Paris. I've heard that's a shitty place. Yeah, uh, well, the regions are not great, but I would go. So the bucket bucket list itself, the term annoys me, but I sure. like the topic of what it was because it's a good topic. I'm like, I gotta find out a way to rephrase this so I'm not saying bucket list. Yeah, and I and I kind of sold you on it. I will say this: I I kind of gave you mine. Yeah, and I think that kind of helped you. Okay, and I get I get it. I watched it before Game of Thrones, and so I, I timed it well. Good salespeople do what we do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it it did not end the way I wanted it to. Got a lot of cool feedback. Yeah. But it was not what I was actually looking for. Yeah, we got a ton of feedback. Um, what we got for as far as bucket list goes, the goal of this was um what goals we would like to accomplish before we're done in the sport. Um, what events say we would like to compete in. And that yep. it's strength, so it, it, it's powerlifting, but also it could be strongman, could be CrossFit, it could be you yeah. know, could be Highland Games, could be could be any Moss wrestling, wrestling yeah, Moss wrestling might be you know, and that actually might be on my bucket list. I think that would be a really cool thing to get into. Honestly, I'd love to see you do that. That'd be really fucking cool. Yeah, it'll be fun to do. Um, it would probably be like with like in a stage of powerlifting, but I've always was curious at that. So it could be any one of those things. Or um, it could also be, like, just what competitions we like to do. So yep. um, if you, you know, IPF Worlds, U.S. Open, uh, the Surge Pro-Am, it could be a lot of those things. Invite-only meets are cool. Maybe the cage at the Arnold. So yep. um, so that was like kind of what we are getting at. And But it turned into with the comments. And we got a, I got a ton of feedback. Because powerlifters, and also a uh, shout-out to our uh, correspondent, Matt Wallace. He posted this on his story. And he's got one of those long ass stories because everyone to tell him, yeah, <laughs> everyone to tell him uh, their goals. But it turned into total talk. Yep. Total yep. talk. What would like to total before they're done? Uh, what goals they like to accomplish? We had a few other mix in there, but uh, I apologize for everyone who left a comment. I am not about to read seventy-seven totals for yep. <laughs> for this segment. No, we really are not going to and. and... Again, I, I was really hoping that people would get the prompting that we gave with the the uh, the post, but it's all good because what I did like is people publicly putting out what those goals are. Yeah, because that is one of that's one of the keys to doing it is you've got to somehow announce it. You've got to somehow put it out there in the universe, writing it down, telling people whatever. Because without doing that, it's just it's in the ether. It's it's just bullshit. And so I did like that we had a lot of people that kind of put it themselves out there. Hey, I want to do this someday. Some were big stretches, like mm-hmm. oh, you know, uh, top three all time, kind of crazy. Yeah, and some were just, hey, man, I just want to be, I want to be legitimate in my weight class in my federation, and this number is who was going to get me there. Yeah, the comments we received, and we're going to get to the comments uh, after we give our takes, like always. But the comments we received were really cool to want for for at least me to like view them because mm-hmm. it shows the range of two white lights listeners. It does. Because we got people saying they want to pull a grand. They want to pull a 1,000 pounds. They want to get this total. They want to be top five all time. They want to break this world record, that world record, win this meet, win that meet, uh, get an invite-only meet. And then we have other people, Yeah, like you said, just wanting to post a total that's a lot of people would say pedestrian. But yep. for them, it's a shit ton of progress from when they started. And that is their end goal, which is really cool. It is still it is still refreshing to see that that people are not completely turned off from the sport because they're not the world's best or something. Yeah. So yeah, Bane, no, I, I love that. Yeah. So Bane, 
Age Report Beauty, this is your topic. It is. What is on your strength bucket list? So my strength bucket list is is a couple things. One, I would yes, there's a total that I want. I would love to total two thousand pounds. Yeah, I'd love to do that. So I was gonna match everybody's. Hey, I have a total. But the, what actually inspired this was a Netflix special that I watched uh, called Strongline, and it's a four part series. And it actually goes through different countries around Europe talking about famous stones or objects that people have lifted over the years, and in some cases, over centuries. Okay. And the Diddy Stones are, are in particular, in Scotland, I'm like, I, I suddenly want to go and I want to lift all these things. I want to go tour Europe and do this, because I think it would be a fun way to do that, do that with my wife. Uh, she could get all of her history in. I would get my history and lifting in. Like, this would just be a really cool thing to do. Um, while also appreciating the history that comes from, you know, in in the Diddy Stones case, you know, 2,000 years of people picking these things up. Yeah. And, like, this is just, that's so cool. And then there's the, I can never pronounce it right, but it's a stone in Iceland. Same kind of deal where, I mean, all the way back to the 11th century, this particular, this one individual stone, people went picking this up, and this actually was what determined how much you got paid off the, the ship that you were on. That's pretty sweet. And I'm like, this is so cool. And just hearing the stories and the people that curate these things is a farm out in Iceland where the family's been lifting these stones for generations. And anybody that comes to visit, if you lift it, you get to sign it. Like there's a, there's a sign-in book and they take your picture and it's all there. And they've been curating this thing for, for decades. And I'm like, this is just, it's amazing to me. Uh, Leifa Engels, one of my favorite strong women, was actually the first woman to ever pick the stone up. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I'm watching this and I was just very inspired by that, like, what is it besides just a, a big total that I would like to do in strength sports? And because again, this, if you really think about it, even though we're in this little niche sport, you go to the Arnold, you realize this thing is way bigger than just, you know, a, a platform in Illinois. Oh yeah, for sure. And so I'm like, I, what else could I possibly do that would just kind of give me this cool life experience to talk about when I'm sitting there with my great grandchildren, like, yeah, listen to what, you know, your great granddad did. Mm. And that's one of the things I want to do. Yeah, and it it is interesting that you would go kind of away from powerlifting, but at the same time, it's understandable. Yeah. Because those events, those things are really, really cool, and they, they're they unique, but at the same time, it kind of does show a true, a true form of strength. 100%. And, and then also I get to tie in, especially with the stuff in Scotland, like I had this family heritage I get to go look at too, yeah. right? And so I really get to tie in a lot of different pieces of, of just me personally. And it's like, this this would mean a lot to me to be able to do that. And so um, I, I do think of things a little differently uh, just because there's not a lot of brain cells left, so they, they got to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was also very inspired by our interview with Barzine, just thinking about, you know, overall life and just, you know, where where I make an impact. And that's one of the things, like, I, I would love to be able to just have those big life experiences and then share with people as I, you know, age out of the sport. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty ter- that's a pretty good take on that. I like that. So, Thank you. yeah, and it's much better, and it's also much better than mine because as of right now, I'm kind of just super focused on powerlifting. I don't have other goals regarding to strength sports. Uh, other goals in my life, I mean, I guess could be fitness related. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to use the term bucket list because again, I hate that term. Um, but long term goals. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying goals through here because that's what it turned into. Because, like, if I don't do this shit before they die, I won't be fucking upset. But um, um, but uh, yeah. For so for my strength goals, 
I think the number one thing for me, I, I guess I will have a number picked out, but like, cause I will, I do have my goals that I set for myself every year and they're not, they're not super detailed or anything. This, it was very simple last year. My goal was to compete out of state. Um, did that competed in Manchester too. So I competed out of country. So went above and beyond that goal. And of course the goal is to win every competition and, you know, hit a PR total, whatever that total may be. Uh, last year, which just happened to be over 1600, I guess 1615 was that number that I had in my mind. Cause that's like USPA international elite total. Yep. So I guess that was that. So as far as total goals, now this year I would like to total close to 1700 mainly cause I know that that's what I need to do to podium at USAPL nationals, but 1700 pound total i think i won't be satisfied with just getting that in my career in the sport because i think uh, one i could do a lot more and two 1700 pound total believe it or not is not that big of a total anymore at 183 pounds you're having our uh 83 kilos because you're having a ton of guys go above, above that hack is 1900 close to 2000 pound total at that uh weight class as well so I guess I won't be satisfied with just a 1,700-pound total. My goal this year was to compete in a different federation. Already technically did that. Um, yep. But the now the now goal is to compete at USAPN Nationals. But I get this question a lot, um, which is a humble brag by not being exactly too humble about it. But it's how do you stay humble and, you know, with all your accomplishments? And it's a funny question I get because I'm like, fucking – it's really, really, really easy to stay humble because I'm not the best in the world at this. I'm not yeah. the best of what I do. I'm like, it's it's so easy to stay humble when, you know, 11 guys are better than you. Well, it's, just, it's perspective, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the people that are asking that, typically they 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 may know the sport, they may not. You yeah. Know, and regardless, you're, as far as the 1v1s, you're, you're the best one I personally know. Mm-hmm. And... So it would, be, it would be easy for you to to be confident and be cocky because you know generally speaking I've yet to see a meet where you didn't back it up other than nationals last year. Um, still technically won. <laughs> still did. Still yeah. did. Still brought the bar home. So still know, was pissed off on the far right home, but even on a bad day, you still smoked everybody, and so you have every right to be confident, borderline cocky, and sometimes cocky if you need to be. Yeah. But, it, but in your case, again, because you are, have, over the few years you've been doing this, become a student of the game, and you just have different perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, if I wanted to, I could kind of do the same thing with, well, technically I'm an AWPC world champion, even on a bad day, because I got hurt. Well, great, but I also know how many people total, I mean, a 1,700-pound total at 275 is, I don't want to say laughable, but compared to the elite 275s, it is. Mm-hmm. It's 500 pounds less than that. Yeah. So it's all perspective. Yeah, it is all based on perspective. But it's a funny question I get because it's like, it's like a Donald Trump thing I'm doing, saying I'm humble by bragging how humble I am. The most humble. I'm the most humble, humble person ever. But <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show you how humble I am by saying how humble I am. People tell me how humble I am. It's so great. I am the most humble person in the world. I will have a contest on the humbleness of me. But so, so yeah, I'm telling people how humble I am by, you know, just telling them how humble I am. But 
I, I, it's a funny question that I get because I immediately like, oh, I, I guess I'm one humble and two, I, I guess I have a reason to be cocky, which in my opinion, I don't because how can you be arrogant and cocky when you know for a fact there's 11 people better than you at this sport? So it's like, if I run into those guys, which they totally can, they'd be like, well, what the fuck is this guy walking around with the high chest? I outtotal him by a hundred pounds. So he should fucking know his role. But the reason why this is my goal in the sport, I want to one day have a reason to be cocky. And the reason to be cocky is to be the very best at 83 kilos at some point of my career. Now, I could do that easily if I find the loophole because people have done this and it pisses me the fuck off. (laughs) Putting their total in, say, in February where no one has competed, and they're the best at 83 kilos in the world at that given time where no one's competed yet. So you could have like a 16, 20-pound total and be the best in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to do that because I could find an easy loophole to be the best in the world at a point at 83 kilos. Now, when the calendar year is over, when December 31st is done, we go into January 1st, and in 2019, 2020, 2021, whatever years may be, I want to one day be the very best in the world at 83 kilos drug-free because even my bucket list is unrealistic to think I could catch a hack unless he changes uh, weight classes. So if he changes weight class, that would be great. But drug-free, all-time, I would like to be best in the world at least once in my life at 83 kilos. For one day. For For, one day. It could be for one day. Um because I just know if I'm if I'm able to be best in the world at 83 kilos at this point of powerlifting within the next four or five years, I will probably be one of the better powerlifters of all time in that weight class as well. Because the 83 kilogram, uh, kilogram uh, division right now is stacked and you're seeing all-time totals being put up, all-time wilts being put up uh, regularly. Yep. So if I'm able to put in that total, that Wilkes, I would probably be one of the better 83 kilos of all time, which is cool. It's a, it's a massive accomplishment, and I think it's a it's an accomplishment that is reachable. Mm-hmm. Also, it will be a kind of ode to the amount of work I put into the sport, and also something obtainable too, because I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I want to total 1800, uh, 1850 at 83 kilos. When I just like that is going to be a massive long shot for me. It's it's a massive long shot for everyone. And I will say this because I I will always brag on you. I don't believe it's that much of a long shot for you. 1850 would be hard. So I'm at 1620 right now. I'm not saying saying it's not going to be difficult, Uh but I'm also saying it's not impossible. Well, that's good to know. But I guess that would be my uh, just my overall goal. I'd be I would be very satisfied if I can do that. And I also I actually can't think of anything else uh, aside from maybe one day be invited to the animal cage. That'd be dope. I think that'll be really cool. I think also if you like I when I saw the deadlift off between Hack and uh, Fear, I thought oh, that, that was, was really so cool. cool. And I would like to be maybe a part of something very similar because with my lifts again, there's like because people would just want to see big numbers fly up. A seven a seven thirty deadlift is great, you know. I'm not. It's it's one of the better for 181 pounds in the world, but I would probably have to get like a freakish number up or do something like, kind of goofy or off the wall, like uh, kind of like a deadlift off or something, in order yeah. for it to be entertaining. 
So one day I like to be in the animal cage. I don't know if they allow 180 pounders in there if you're male, because it looks like everyone else was aside from fear and uh, hack. But I think we all know that they're not really 180 pounds walking around. No. 195, probably over 200. So maybe, maybe, maybe one day I'll be in the cage. But I thought that it's a, it's a, I I just think it's you, it's you part of the sport that I really first, like. and you just come in behind me because I I will meet the weight requirements. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, the animal cage would be cool. As far as like an event, I would like to do. Um, That'd be cool. I, I don't know how long I'll be in USAPL, but I think representing uh, Team USA in the IPF Worlds would be a really, really cool accomplishment. Because um, I've technically done it with AWPC Worlds, but you know, it's it's not exactly IPF Worlds. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a different, whole different stage. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very elite class that get like that one or two lifters in the eighty-three kilos that represent Team USA. That again, we'll speak on, uh, just you know how elite my total actually is, and to represent your country in something that's a big stage. That'll be really, really great for me. For sure. All right, so that is our goals. Now. I guess we're gonna get into the uh, the listeners' goals as well, or the bucket, or their strength bucket list. So again, we have a wide variety of goals here, or what they want to accomplish before they're dead. So, first comment I got: way too slob. Wanted to compete at the current open someday. See, all that great. Venue, yeah. you have have one picked out yeah, right that's, away. That's wonderful. And there's and there's something in there that you have to yeah, a total of Wilkes that you have to get in order to get invited to the U.S. Open because invite only meets are pretty badass. Maybe that'll be they if are. I get invited to do a meet. That means I have done something good in this sport. For sure. Or For I sure. just know the right people. A little column A, little column B. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we got strong enough, and they they get you in. We actually got a comment from SSJ Bob. Uh, do you know this guy? SSJ Bob. Um, that was top of my head. Yeah, so twenty-one-year-old lifter. He trains a lot with uh with Oak. I think down in okay. New York. Um, it's cool that he commented. He's a pretty big Instagram name. Yeah. He hasn't competed in bodybuilding uh, powerlifting as of yet, and he said sixteen hundred pound total his first meet, and. Surprised by that because I think he can fucking destroy that based on his dim lifts. Yeah, uh, you know, see the six seventy five stiff bar deadlift. Uh, he also, I think, squats closest. I think he squats over six and benches three thirty to three fifty. So front front squatting four eighty five. So he's dude's strong. Oh, he does cra- he does crazy things, and it was cool that he uh that he he commented. But I'm surprised sixteen hundred was his uh was his goal there, but. More power to you, because I think he could massacre a 1,600 pound total his first see, meet. See, see what you did there. More power to you. Yeah, more power to you, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know if we got some breaking news because everyone's telling this guy to compete for a long ass time now. So maybe uh, maybe he will be competing, and he broke it on uh, two white lights topic. So that'll be pretty. Look at us. Come yeah. to us first, folks. Yeah, you heard from us. If SSJ Bob uh, competes, you heard on two white lights first. Yeah, yeah, pretty big Instagram name, pretty big YouTube channel as well. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. And uh, Paul underscore ZJ Realtors, who actually I spotted at the beginners meet. Nice. Uh, at two XL, 
And, you know, he gave some numbers. Uh, I like those a lot. You know, he had 450 in revs, 300 bench, and a 500 deadlift. And for Bain 316, to spot me on squat in a comp once again. I'm like, oh, oh. it makes me feel good. That's adorable. So, safety first. He liked the hugs. For sure. <laughs> yeah, we we had quite a few people say 1,000-pound deadlift. So. And, and I think, and I'll be honest, it, it's funny because the 1,000-pound squat, it's nothing to shake a stick at. Those are coming you know, a little more frequently, but I feel like people are able to wrap their mind around a thousand pound deadlift a lot more because of how much deadlift numbers have been going up. Yeah. And cause it used to like 700 used to be the Holy grail, right? Like you got there and all of a sudden you're in this super elite class of deadlifters and not to say it's not difficult because it is 700 pounds in your hands is a lot. Don't ever get that twisted. But I, I really feel like 800 is kind of now that hallowed ground. Like once you get past there, now you're kind of in that upper echelon. And, but I think 900 people are really starting to wrap their mind around that. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think with uh, just different variations in form, people just getting better at the movement, I think yep. you will see that become a little bit more frequent. Um, or or we'll, we will see it more in competition as well. So, 100%. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that way too. Yeah, because uh, just based on like some of the sumos guys have, some of the uh, just the, the different weeks in form and technique keeps on getting better and uh one thing that also helps like certain all-time totals or numbers one thing that helps is when people actually see other people do it oh yeah one it's like it's like the four minute mile once someone did it the floodgates opened yeah that's and i mean i think you see that with every sport with every uh even um aspects of just like talent like singing acting when you see like these child stars when they watch each other do it they are immediately like, okay, if that guy could do it, I could probably do it as well. And yep. they they do eventually get there. So I, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, I think with all the different variations of deadlift that that will happen, and more people see like a all these all time numbers being lifted, people will able to match it. For sure, for sure, it uh, we will see it in our lifetime, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, we got Matt Wallace, top 10 rap total at 148, untested. Top 3 rap total at 148, tested. All-time world record, tested. 148 deadlift, 10 times body weight rap total. So I definitely have to put in Matt Wallace in there because, you know, he's our correspondent. And he posted yes. on his story. But those are some those are some pretty hefty goals, um, but I think obtainable. We got a lot of 10-time body weight, too. And I think that's, again, you talk about those kind of holy grail numbers, and, and sorry, that's another one of those terms that rubs me the wrong way. Um, Not as bad as bucket list. I could take holy grail. Fair. Um, good song. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's one of those that, you know, you hit 10 times body weight, and it's like every, every one of your lifts is strong Yeah. at that point. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, you, you, you can't it, it, think about 275s, right? You can't bench 315 and then go out and still get a 10 times body weight. That's going to be very, very difficult to do. It's just, it, more like this is not going to happen. You, know, you got to have a very strong bench, very strong squat, and a very, very strong deadlift. Yeah, I mean, I've been getting that comment a lot. So, Xavier, um, I, I'm sorry, he's a great 181-pound lifter. He's you got to be a great lifter to have this, like, in your mind. Xavier, yep. first 10 times body weight total. we got 148 pounds of meat. Vincent Paletza, 10-pound body uh, 10 times body weight total. Charlie Binkley, former guest on the show, he said the same yep. thing. So you got to be one a good lifter to have that, but two, it's um it's it's that number that keeps on popping up for a lot of people. Yep, 
for sure, for sure. And uh, Swollen Nerdy, uh, listed numbers, 365 Ben, 500 Dead, 450 Squat, and to actually compete. We got this a couple times. In the yeah, I got a few times. To actually compete. And and that's one of those, like, I, if you're listening to the show and you haven't competed yet, awesome. Thank you for listening. But go find a meet. Go get on the platform, test your metal, see what it's like on a meet day. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, just, that's so, so important to, to understand and to get that experience. You know, yeah, people talk about 10 times body weight. That is a, a passing through point and a gate that, you know, people want to have. But before they get there, you got to do your first meet. Yep. You got to get that first step in. And, and in this particular case, so the guy that posted it, Swollen Nerdy, Scott and I worked together uh, almost 10 years ago. And so I told him, look, he's always in Iowa. I said, you compete. I don't care where it is. I will come spot and handle you at that meet. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And that's uh, that's one of those things that I think, I don't think anyone has really regretted competing. Very, very few. Uh, I don't know what the, the regret would do, be unless you hurt yourself. Uh, the only one I think I ever heard was an individual who came in thinking they were going to be smashing records, and they didn't on their first lift, and basically everything went downhill from there because they just got in their own head. Well, yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess that's speaking about other things in that person's mentality. But, 100%. But uh, I, I think, like, if you maybe hurt yourself, I don't think anyone's regretted going to a powerlifting meet. No, going and competing, and if nothing else, like everybody that, regardless of placement that I hear about, is this play, the, the people were awesome. You know, we talk about this a lot at, you know, especially local meets. The people were awesome. The safety was top notch, at least, you know, the ones we do. Um, and everything about the experience was just, it was a whirlwind and it was amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, Styles is second nature too. I've always suffered from chicken leg syndrome and squat movements. I would love to hit a 500 pound squat one day. Now that's a, I, I don't think this, I, I believe this person doesn't compete. I, yeah, I'm, I know this person personally. They don't compete, but 500 pound squat, they'll be satisfied with that. Yeah. For a person who's maybe start off with a 225 pound squat or 135 pound squat with, you know, smaller legs and, you know, people aren't genetically gifted. That is a big thing to hit. That is a big uh, milestone. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I mean, I, getting into the sport, I never thought that I would be able to squat 700 pounds. Yeah. Right there, but I never thought I'd be able to do it. Yeah, it was one of those things that kind of turned into me as well because everyone's like, man, I think you can hit 600 on deadlift when I first kind of started powerlifting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, that's a fucking crazy number. I'm like, I don't know if yep. I'll be able to do that. Like, yeah, I think you can. And then I hit 600, and then they're like, oh, 700 is next total. I'm like, that's never going to fucking happen. 700 pounds deadlift. How many 606s did you pull yesterday? Huh? Yeah. I've How many 6 <laughs> Or total, what, like? It was 20, wasn't it? Pretty no. Close. It was three sets of three, sets of nine, and then, yeah, so 14. 14, okay. Yeah, 14 hey. reps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 14 <laughs> reps. I always aim for that. Um, See what that was. Yeah. We have uh, John underscore Mongello compete for U.S. World's uh, team one day, I wish. So, compete for Team USA. Didn't specify what cool. federation, but, um, yeah. It, it's, it is a cool thing to do. World competitions are fun. Uh, AWPC is not the big leagues, but it is a fun world competition. That's the ones I've yeah, competed in, and I've had a blast at both of them. Yep. Met some really cool yeah. people, competed with some really cool people. Um, from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got friends in Europe now, and so more excuses to go travel. Yeah. Uh, all in the places that speak English, too, which is good. It is very nice. 
Yeah. Had a fattest Illinois lifter, our guest last week, Barzee Missouri. Uh, after my ability to squat was cut short, I set the goal to bench more than I squatted. And obviously he doesn't throw a number out there, but he did during the interview last week. He squatted 1020 when he was competing. Yeah. Um, that is incredible. And the man is, you know, I, I will brag on him just like I do with you. The man's going to do it. Mm-hmm. He will do it. Yeah, talking with him, I believe that that the, the mentality he has, he can accomplish all, almost anything he sets his mind to. 100%. 100%. When you see people that He's kind right. of view and that discipline and that, you know, that kind of just the knowledge that they have within their own body and what they can accomplish and what they need to what they need to do in order to accomplish that goal. I think yep. uh, I think Barzine is up there with that. We had an interesting one from uh, strong like bull, dumb like ox. Ryan yeah, Miller. This is good. This is a really good one. Yeah, I want to be well enough to be powerlifting until the day I'm put into the ground. So. No numbers, no competitions, no any of that stuff that all of us have these uh, massive, massive, massive goals where we get accolades to it. Person just loves – Ryan just loves powerlifting so much that he wants to do it until he's old and about to be, you know, six feet under. Yeah. And Which would be pretty damn I, awesome. Yeah, it would be, and I, and I like that, that he has that, this, that long-term perspective on it that, you know, he wants to do this forever. Yeah, if I'm if I'm 83 years old and just you know deadlifting you know 300 pounds still and just going in the gym and still kind of working, I'll be pretty satisfied with that. It'll just be it'll just be a nice thing to do. That's that's a, a life well lived, I believe. If you you're able to do a hobby for that long, you, you'll have a lot of good relationships and a lot of really cool memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Got any more? So, uh, I can never say his name right. He's uh. Cola de Pietro, I get that right? Yes, Cola de Pietro. Yes. He's got a uh, he's got one of the longer Italian last names you're ever gonna see. Yeah. It's too he, long. He does, he does. But it's so actually, I just want to make sure I do it justice. Yeah, they even did a USAPL the meet that we did together, uh when he won second uh won second <laughs> place. <laughs> when he when he uh when he lost me. But <laughs> no, when he won when he was uh second and best overall lifter, um they couldn't pronounce his name. I'm like, hey guys, just break it down. Cola di Pietro. It's not. It's not one of those hard like Eastern European names. It's Latin vernacular, so you'll be fine. So, except I, I want to do it justice. I'm particular <laughs> about my name, so I just want to make sure I, yeah, I do I it know. right. So, uh, he said to dunk a basketball the same day as squatting 500 pounds. Only relevant because he's a short white dude, but consider vertical a part of strength training. Amen. And I like that one a lot. I do. Uh, I've been training with uh, Mike a lot recently. Um, yeah. I still call him Cola di Pietro. Uh, I don't really call him Mike or Michael a lot. I, I call him Cole DiPietro. But, uh, yeah, the dude's a fucking athletic kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been cool. doing um, some strongman training with him, and we were doing the uh, the broad jump over the tire flip, and I was yeah. I was scared to do it because I haven't jumped, I think, and since I was in uh, football. So nice. I haven't jumped, so I was really nervous to do it. But I saw him do it, and the dude's got some hops to him. He's got yeah. some spring to his uh, spring to his steps, so he's definitely an athlete, which is good. Good to see. Um, and I am actually kind of motivated to do that myself too. After seeing him do it, start getting into maybe like actually actually testing out my vertical, but also doing semi-athletic things for my training. Be cool. Yeah, the strongman training that you can mix in some athleticism there, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, no, it's fun for sure. So it's a good. 
good way to, to get the, the cardio, get the, the heart rate out, but also get that dynamic training that, that we, we need to have. Yeah. Yeah. We got, uh, yeah, we got highest rep tested or untested squat at 82 kilos. That's by Annie Pastrana. Um, long time listener said that again, that's a, that's one lift. So again, pretty cool, uh, milestone to hit. Um, the RGV heavy hitter, Edgar Acevedo, really good lifter, 1,700 total at 165, uh, 75 so. kilo, top two, 165 as a junior, so top two, doesn't even give a shit about podium, just, he yeah. wants that second, if he gets third, uh, he, you know, not, not satisfied with that. Full failure at that point. Yeah, so 600-pound deadlift, 500-pound uh, squat. So we got a lot. We got a lot of different ones here. It's mostly total talk, but uh, still, wide range of goals powerlifters have. Yep. So for sure, for that sure. was our topic of the week. Be on the lookout for other ones coming in. We got a technique tip of the week from Bain. We do, we do. So we talked about this last week before the show. We decided to hold off for a second because we wanted to just kind of repackage it a little bit. And the technique tip is, and the cue I'm going to give is, when deadlifting, you know, the, you talk about as you're getting ready to, to pull off the floor, the, the concept in the cue is to pull your delts back and t- kind of tuck them into your back pockets with your yes. lats. The idea for this is this keeps your back uh, as straight as possible, keeps you upright, keeps the chest up, and we'll use chest up in a couple different uh, technique tips. But what this does is it allows that bar to move on that single plane straight up and down. Yes. Keeping your, keeping your shins perpendicular. And then that allows for that very simple movement up and down. And as you're getting into those max effort lifts, what you want is you want that bar path to be as straight as possible. And so this is going to help do that by taking your shoulders, tucking them back, tucking your lats back into your back pockets is the, the cue. And that keeps your back upright, nice and straight, and allows you to move up and down on that plane very, very simply. Yeah, um, I, I've often gotten questions because I do a good job of this is staying upright during my deadlift. You and do. the best cue I have given and the thing that's helped me the most was keeping delts in back pocket. I've said that a mm-hmm. ton of times. I heard Eddie Cohen say it first. I've been using that since. Keeping delts in back pocket, one of my favorite cues to go to. It will help people stay upright on their deadlift. Um, and it's easy to say it through just typing it to them. And not really showing them because most of the questions I do receive, some of them are in the gym, but most mm-hmm. of them are through Instagram. So, like, it's, again, very hard to assess someone's deadlift when you've never seen it and they're describing in words what's going on with your deadlift. The best mm-hmm. cue I could always give is keep your delts in back pocket, stay as upright as possible. And that's one way to do that, even on your setup. Now, um, they don't always stay in my back pocket, but just kind of that ability to – kind of keep it there and pinch them together during the deadlift will keep me upright long enough for me to utilize my legs and a little bit of my lower back during the deadlift as well so if you want to stay upright you want to deadlift the right way delts in back pocket works for conventional deadlift as well it does now one thing to understand when you're watching if you're watching yourself you do like the ghost one that enzo does and you you watch your videos meticulously do not get your traps confused with your delts. Yeah. Because a lot of folks will see their traps, and those will round a bit as you come forward, but if the delts are still back, you're still following the cue. Mm-hmm. So like in your case where your delts or your traps are pretty large, 
people can get confusing. Oh, your back's rounded. No, watch the shoulders. See where those are placed. For sure. Yeah, that's a really good tip, and I think this is probably the best tip because you can do it in a lot of different work um, the movements as well. But yeah. this is going to be probably one of those key move our uh, key cues to proper technique on deadlifts. Correct. So thank Stay you tight. for the technique tip of the week. We got a two highlights question of the week, a hybrid two highlights question of the week, because it's just mostly it was more so a conversation I had. And then yeah. being coupled with a question I got yesterday. So every weekend I do the Instagram live kind of whole thing where uh, I go live, do a little Q&A. Most people just roasted my hair on uh, IG live yesterday, so thanks for that. But I thought your hair was glorious as you actually have it. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just a little bit messy that day. But I got this question yesterday on IG live, and I had a previous discussion at Surge with the same person I was arguing about the Cubs and Sox with was – the question that I received was, are all natty lifters or all lifters in drug tested federations natty? And I said on IG Live, no, of course there are people trying to either cheat the system, they either run the risk of testing positive, uh, running the risk of them not getting tested in competition, and taking performance enhancing drugs in drug tested federations. It happens. Uh, or people yep. try to cheat the system. It has happened before, it happened in the past, so it's definitely going on now still. Right. But what I think this person was trying to ask are all these people that I see in, say, IPF, USAPL, the Great Drug Test of Federations, are they all natural? Are the best natural? Are these people cheating the system? They probably wanted me to name drop or give specific names on people I think are on steroids. Now, the you're debating there, it sounds like. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's usually what they're asking. It's one of those things, is this number good? Like, or is this like, a, what do you think of like a 500-pound deadlift of my body weight? It's like, okay, it's like, I know what you're trying to ask. You're just trying to hide it or something. Or sure. when people ask my height, like, how tall are you? Like, depending <laughs> on how tall you are, this weight, this this deadlift might not be impressive or not. It's like, that's, yep. that's the question you want to ask. So the conversation I got into earlier, which is what I think this person was trying to say, or they're just cur- they're just curious because I I don't know this person, but the person I do know, what we got into conversation with, was we're talking about a particular USAPL lifter, uh, Russ Orhi and Ashton Roska. I believe I'm pronouncing his last name right. Talking about one, just how big a beast those two are, um, and they're quite young doing. What they do, the numbers they're putting up, the competitions that they're winning is quite impressive, especially at their age. So we're talking about them, how beast they are, and then my fr- uh, my friend just kind of goes and he's like, well, Ashton's probably taking a bunch of shit. Or well, he said he's definitely taking a bunch of shit. I'm like, really? Because I, 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 I thought he was a USAPL lifter. I could be mistaken. I thought maybe he's a USPA lifter. I'm like, he could be a USAPL, right? It's like, yeah. I'm like, so he's been tested before. I would assume that guy has to get tested. If I was tested, he's tested, right? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, oh, so he passed the drug test. Like, yeah, but, you know, you could cycle on and off that shit. You could hide the drug test. You could, you know, uh, cycle off it once me comes around to be out of your system. I'm like, well, he's probably been tested in the offseason too, right? Like, I know Russ or he has. He's tested negative every single time. Like, that would be when you're on your cycle, right? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, so has he ever admitted to you? Have you ever seen him inject? Have you ever seen him use? Has he told a bunch of people that he's been using? He's like, well, no. I'm like, all right, so you got no evidence. 
You got no evidence to back that claim. You always need evidence to back a claim. I mean, I don't mean to be go teacher mode on you, but if you're going to make an accusation, you better have something to back it up. I think Socrates or Aristotle said something like that. Like, is the thing you're about to tell me true? Do you know it's true for a fact? So, really, all you're saying to me is hearsay. All the thing you're saying could be false. It's, so therefore, it's, it's not opinion. worth my time you telling me. It's just your opinion. It's and it's yeah. It's, so I'm like, so really, this is just an opinion because the proof, this is, the the evidence that I have right now is both those men and people who are still competing in USAPL have not tested positive for anything. Yep. If they've not tested positive, this is the only proof that I have. So I understand we've said this before. Drug testing does not mean drug free. But based on the evidence that I'm given and based on what I've seen, those two guys are natural until I see them take it or they admit it to me. Now, I if they do admit it to you and they're giving you permission to tell a bunch of people, sure. But if they're telling you in confidence, don't go telling a bunch of people that you're taking shit. Because I think that's a real snitches. Yeah, uh, for sure. And especially uh, <laughs> this is one of those things that I, I, I have been in the the like conversations before. It's like, oh, that guy's using, and I'm like, I know the guy personally, and I didn't know they were using. So I'm like, I'm like, he didn't tell me anything. Like, should you guys be talking about that if they don't want it to know or they don't want people to know for variety of reasons? It could. It's not even their reputation. It's one that maybe they just don't want people to know because. What we talked about earlier uh, in an earlier show, their job dictates, you know, or their job dictates is based on reputation or something, or that could be severely damaging to the reputation where they just don't want people to know. They might talk about it in small circles, but they don't want some fucking schmuck to be spewing out all their personal uh, information. This is good life advice, kids. Don't put other people's business in the streets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's I that, that's one thing that I really that's a big pet peeve of mine. Um, when it happens to me, but also when I hear it happen to other people and they're telling me about that person, I'm like, man, if you know Ashton, he's taking, and you just told me you're a fucking asshole. Now, yeah. uh, uh, so that's that's the evidence. I, I mean, that's the argument I got into yesterday was I need better evidence than you just assuming because a guy has got a great physique. Both both those men have fucking just dynamite bodies and also yep. they have crazy totals yep. that you need more evidence than that now i know that matches the criteria of drug testing gossip noticeable change in physique and a all-time crazy total that's not really reachable that's why you get drug tested i understand that but you just telling me when you do have evidence and proof that those people tested negative for drugs, like, you know, I think you're just using that as a cop-out to justify why your total isn't as good as theirs. I agree, and, and before I make this next statement, I am not putting uh, Ash or Russ in this category, but you look back at Lance Armstrong, right? Probably yeah. the most famous drug drug testing fiasco of all time. There's still no positive drug tests. Yeah. Now, he admitted, he admitted he used mm-hmm. and, and went through the blood doping program and all of that and all the, the people talking about it, the small circles, all brought that evidence there. But there still is no positive drug test. I'm not saying he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. But until that special he did with Oprah, it was Oprah, right, I think? Yeah. Uh, I believe that he was still clean because there was no evidence other than people who kept losing to him talking shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and that's I think I get into this conversation more about Orhi than everyone because he's got a great physique and he's incredibly strong, and they use and I and it upsets me 
or it just annoys me to a point where I'm like, dude, shut your shut your mouth. If you think it's like, oh, that guy's definitely taking something. It's like, have you seen him? Have you seen him take anything? And the the, and the test is negative. Like that, it's just it's just justification. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, and it's like, is it? It's like, and also his numbers, his numbers are great, but they're obtainable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like, it, it's it's not this like, out of this world like, holy shit, how's this guy doing it? I mean, he's got some competition. So, but that it's just like it just upsets me when someone is constantly doing the right things and they constantly pass drug tests. And now Lance Armstrong, he's competing for something much bigger than a powerlifting trophy. Oh, Barry sure. Bonds was doing was uh, competing for something much bigger than a powerlifting trophy. Every person who's taken steroids in professional sports, the goal was bigger than powerlifting or at least drug tested powerlifting. Right. I always say if you're really trying very hard to navigate the system circumvent the system of drug testing doing the blood doping kind of thing you're fucking crazy if you do no powerlifting because yeah that's so much effort for for nothing trophy for nothing and just maybe reputation maybe being the best in the world at 83 kilos and you know what you know my goal the bucket list thing we're just talking about my goal i would have to tell people that i tested or that i would have to tell people that i have the best in the world at 83 kilos I would have to tell my mom because she has no – I could tell her right now. She has no fucking idea. <laughs> she doesn't – I could tell her, like, yeah, I'm best in the world at A3 kilos. Like, oh, great, great job. Um, you know uh, – Go to your room. Yeah, go to your room, man. <laughs> like, I'll get a fucking job over that. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's like, okay, I don't, I don't care. Like, most people would have to tell that. So if you're circumventing the system to be the best do, in the world you, at 83 you, kilos. Do you get that conversation? Oh, do all the other best 83 kilos in the world live with their mom? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good comeback. <laughs> like, oh, it's like, are they? Oh, okay. Oh, oh that's her. Oh, they're living alone. Sweet. Bye. I only say that because I love you. <laughs> yeah, I know. But my mom does not want me to leave, so that's one thing. <laughs> see, see, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But, um, but uh, what were you even talking about? Drug testing. So we're talking about drug testing and that you, with powerlifting. Oh, yeah. If you're it's... if you're trying to circumvent the system on, on powerlifting and drug tests, you're fucking crazy. Why? Person. Yeah. <laughs> and... No, I and I did say this though to to uh, my friend and on the uh, on I on the Instagram live. If you are in USAPL, IPF, and all that kind of different stuff, if you are on if you if you're in that federation where drug testing is the norm, the standard, and that's what they take very seriously, and you're still trying to circumvent the system, cheat the system, and test positive, then I think you do lose integrity. Your reputation is sure. damaged, and I've seen that before. If you're taking stuff trying to give you an edge that, you know, you're just – you know what you're taking. You know the banned substances. If It's not like UFC or boxing or something where you have, like, this team, this coach, this, like, you know, you have scientists working. Um, I, I saw what's – his, what's his face? Dillashaw. Um, yeah. Tested positive or something recently. You know what you're taking. You know what you're doing. And the guy kind of, you know, owned it from there. Powerlifting is a smaller circle, so you definitely know. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're taking these, you know, certain things, I mean, I'm, and, you know, people want to say, you know, caffeine or, you know, pre workouts, that'll test you positive at USAPL. Most of what I've seen has been something that elevates your TE levels. It hasn't been those uh, stimulants. It could happen, right. but I haven't seen a whole lot of that. If you're taking something that's going to raise your TE level and you're trying to mask it, then your integrity needs to be called in question because this is a drug tester federation. And it's more so 
um, as opposed to other sports, say Major League Baseball, NFL, all the other professional sports where it's illegal across the board. I would be less inclined to get upset or I would be more upset if there was like a steroid version of baseball. You know? That'd be sweet. Yeah, it'll be great. You just need to throw fucking <laughs> dingers all over the place. Even though they're hitting more home runs. Yeah. But, yeah, you'd be seeing like 107 mile per hour fastballs. But, yep. if there was like a steroid baseball league and he still decided to be in the non-steroid baseball league, like, what the fuck, man? You're on steroids. Just go in the non-steroid, or go in the, the steroid exactly. baseball league. We have that in powerlifting. Go in the steroid league. <laughs> go in the USPA where you can take steroids. Go in that go federation. Go to WPC. Have fun. Yeah. Go in all these federations that actually allow steroid use. Don't come into the drug-tested one and be on steroids. Like, what? It's actually stupid because you'll actually get money at the other steroid federation. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, it's, I, yeah, I think I'll be more upset at Barry Bonds if there was a steroid baseball league. Oh, a hundred percent. I would would give, I, so I get more of, I question their integrity more powerlifters who go into drug tested federations when they're on drugs. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Go, go in somewhere else where they allow it and your total will be better and your total will still be elite. You'll get all the accolades and possibly get some money. Yeah, exactly. Go do the eight man elite. Go do the current open. Go do big dogs. Guess what? You'll be allowed to be on steroids at those meets. You can take all the juice you want. Hell, you guys can trade tips while you're there. Fuck yeah, sure. You could <laughs> you could have you could do your you could do your steroids well after getting your IVs. Yep. Something exactly. they also don't allow in USAPL. Trade best practices while you're sitting there juicing up. So. Yeah, sure. You could do it. Do it. You can. You can. You can, do in it. fact, do that. So that's my rant. Unless you have something else to add. Nope, I think I think you covered all of it. I think we uh, do we have some big stuff coming down the pipe? Do we? Do we on the website? We do. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. All right. So people again are asking me, and I'm like, I gotta wait till it's time. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, for sure. Um, also, we actually have a website. I completely forgot about that. So yeah. we're in the process of figuring out how to put things on iTunes ourselves. Uh, maybe get another platform, Spotify, in there too. But sure. twowhitelights.com is live. You guys can go uh, visit the site. We got – right now it's a pretty minimalistic site. It's just our home, and you get to listen to uh, you get to listen to the podcast. So this will be uploaded on Monday, uh, on Memorial Day. You guys are hearing it right now. Uh, so uploaded on Two White Lights. Most of our shows – all of our shows will be uploaded on Two White Lights. And you guys probably have seen already – the store is up. It's live. It the is. online store, you guys can buy women's and males t-shirts of two white lights. Now, it's just a logo. It's the logo that you saw, the NWO logo that you all know and love. Um, with the red L. Yeah, with the red L. By Popular Man. Shout out to Gerard. He thinks he developed that himself, but he totally didn't. But shout out to Gerard Buckley in <laughs> Ireland. Uh, our Irish lifter thinks that he, he developed a logo. I'm like, you know, this was a stocked logo that we had we just wanted to know if you guys wanted the white or red version and then the other one with the red l and the lights is there too so you guys can buy those shirts also there's gonna be some really good stuff on the site as well um coming up we bounced some ideas off each other so two white lights website is going to grow from just a place where you can buy shirts and listen to the show we're going to try to throw in some other features that i think 
um, a lot of our listeners and viewers will really like. So, yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be a great opportunity to connect with our, our listeners and uh, just give us more opportunities to, uh, to to meet you guys, see you guys, and you know, you guys can promote the Two White Lights brand. For sure. So by the time you're listening to this, Two White Lights shirts should be live. You guys can order them. Uh, Bane got his. He is the first Two White Lights customer. Yes. And, yes. and I, I wore it yesterday for training. Great shirt for training. Threes well. Um, you know, nothing crazy. I threw the chalk on the back and squabbed it well. And so it was, uh, it's a great little training shirt. So yeah, everybody's nice. asking about it. Nice shirt. Wear it at a powerlifting meet. Wear it drinking a beer. Wear it watching wrestling. Wear it watching football. Wear it at the gym. Um, yep. Wear it, of, of course, while you're just barely getting depth on squats. That's, of course. That's a, that's a point. Just get those two white lights. So, wear, also, wear when you guys... Date. What's up? Wear it on a first date. Just wear it. Wear oh, it. yeah. Wear, that won't... That won't <laughs> yeah, that won't turn her off at all. Wearing a... <laughs> if you wear an NWO shirt to a date, you're probably going to get a weird look from your girl as opposed to a knockoff NWO thing. But, um, probably. Yeah, it's either you with us or against us. NWO for life. Or two white lights for life. But, also, um, I actually want to kind of share this. The t-shirts you're going to buy... Um, all of it is going into our show. So Correct. all the purchases you make is going into two white lights, and that will give us the funds needed to either upgrade our equipment, do travel, and all that kind of different stuff. So um, if, if we do monetize this, it is going to still be given to the viewer in some way, where we could create a better show for the viewer, and we mm-hmm. do need funds to do that. So that's what two white lights is um, the two white lights clothing is going for. It's not going to be filling our back pockets as of now. Um, if there's enough of them, I guess it will. But as of now, it's just to better the I'm, show. I'm still a sugar daddy. Don't get yeah. <laughs> Where are my fucking socks then? Where are my we'll socks? <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> right. but, uh, but yes, again, um, we're using the funds to better the show. So Amen. we're trying to benefit uh, or we're trying to make the best show possible for the viewers. And that is our goal with selling merchandise as of now. So, uh, not exactly a charity. You're not donating to a charity in any way. But just know that with every purchase we get is going to go to either travel, uh, meet some different people, or upgrade equipment to give you better sound quality. Um, maybe a YouTube channel. Maybe some cameras and all that kind of stuff too. So, yeah. um it's going to give us a better product and, and that only benefits you guys. Yeah, because I definitely don't have the disposable income to do that. So, And the sugar daddy is, one, being an actual daddy and spending shit for spending money on stuff for his kids. And, of course, the sugar daddy aspect, spending money on me. So, yep. uh, which, is, <laughs> which I obviously take the latter. But, yes. again, yeah, check out 2whitelights.com. Check out a shirt. We're going to try to get things on iTunes and Spotify as quick as possible. You can listen to our old episodes, of course, on Spotify. Or, I mean, on iTunes um, as well. Still, we have the first, I think, 13 episodes but or 14 yep. episodes. But the one with Barzine, the one coming up, is all going to be on the website, and we're going to upload them slowly and uh, as soon as possible. Definitely. All right, so big developments for Two White Lights. Enjoy your Memorial Day, people. Enjoy your day Probably off. The reason for the season. Yes. I am the co-host for me known as Enzo, and with me is... That Bane 316. See you next week, guys. Deuces.